श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जय श्री नितानंद प्रभु की जय श्री गौरंग आविर्भावी गौर पूर्णिम की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौ प्रेम So we've spoken at some length from Chaitanya Charitamrita this morning, and yesterday we spoke at some length about the prayers of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. And so I'm sure you've had many stimulating conversations between yourselves in my absence, uh, and many questions have come to your mind. So this is. Uh, session in which we'll take any questions from anyone. Feel free to ask. Following this, what time is it now? It's ten to five. Okay. Following this, there'll be Artik and then uh, Prashad, Kadasi Prashad. Yes, Brahma. Um, why did uh, Mahaprabhu have to uh, take sannyas? Why did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have to take sannyas? See, the, 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 the part of the question is, it seems he was already a no, noted personality, right? So he already had following. They say that he took sannyas in order to gain respect for the common people or something like that. So that's... He already had respect. He already had respect. He was widely acclaimed as a scholar and... And and at that point, he had, of course, started to manifest his his um, lila of bhakti, and uh, he, although famous, largely up until that time because of scholarship, now he had moved in the direction of devotion. So there's an interplay here between Gyan and Bhakti in the Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that's significant. Navadweep town area was famous for scholarship. And um, if you were a pundit and you wanted to be a pundit of renown, then you had to go to Navadweep and engage in debate there. It previously, Matila was the seat of learning, and the story goes that the learned Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who hailed from Navadweep, he went to Matila, to, who, he's a great scholar, great logician, in fact, he's the greatest logician of, uh, of India, listed in the Encyclopedia Britannica, I believe. Um, so he went to Matila, and they had... Of course, in those days, no printing press, so the books were not readily available. And there was a particular book, I forget the name at any rate, of Matila that was kept uh, tightly under the lock and key of the pundits there, a certain, delineating a certain type of logic, nabhanyaya, a new kind of logic. Uh, and so the story goes that uh, the but the charge learned there, and then he memorized the book. Hmm? And then he went back to Navadweep. And so equipped with that and his own scholarship, he sought out to 
establish Navadvip as the greatest seat of of learning. He had a disciple named Raghunath. Hmm? Raghunath Shiromani? Yeah. And um, he's quite famous too, up and even till you know modern times. And uh, he had written a book and he wanted to present it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, of course, the, the star pundit of Namadweep amongst the young, young men. And uh, by that time, perhaps, Sarvom had relocated in Puri. Raghunath wanted that his book would be famous throughout the land. He would be the most famous logician. They were rowing across the Ganges. And he told Mahaprabhu, I have a book. I'd like you to see that, something like that. And Mahaprabhu said, I think I have a book too. And here, you take a look first. So he looked at Mahaprabhu's book and then he began to cry. Mahaprabhu said, what's the matter? He said, well, I had written a book. I wanted to be the famous, famous logician in all of India. But when I read your book, then I realize there's no hope for me. So Mahaprabhu said, oh, well, give me the book back. So he gave the book back and Mahaprabhu threw it in the Ganges. Hmm. And Raghunath's book, I forget the name of it, but it became the most famous book at the time. <laughs> he became a great student of Bhattacharya Sarvabhama, a great uh, uh, learned and respectable man in the, in the realm of reason, logic, uh, and so forth. So Chaitanya Dev was famous for that. Hmm. And Navadvip was famous for that. But Sankirtan was not famous. In fact, Advaita Charya. Uh, performed Sankirtan and Srivastakur performed Sankirtan and people complained about it. And of course, Advaita was in Shantipur, but right there in Mayapur is the house of Srivastakur and people complained he's making noise at night and, and so forth. So this uh, the condition in Navadweep was high with regard to material learning, but it was low at the time with regard for uh, affinity for bhakti, understanding of bhakti, and the, the dharma of the age, and so forth. And, and of course, the dharma of the age, according to the sacred text, is kirtan, hmm? for Kali Yuga. But uh, the extent to which anyone had taken that up and demonstrated that was uh, nowhere in comparison to the measure with which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu eventually did so. There were a number of sects at that time in India kind of involved in a bhakti revival and there was some emphasis on Nam, like Kabir has, em- uh, 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 has a strong emphasis on Nam and uh, this uh, what is his name from the Sikh tradition? Guru Nanak, Satnam and, and there's Tukaram hmm others performing some kind of kirtan, but uh, in this uh, Milu, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu surfaced as you know, the, 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 not only the, well, as the Yuga avatar, this side of him, and establishing the Dharma. So it, it wasn't really widely understood and accepted, or practiced for that matter, it, it appears. And certainly not in Navadweep, and where it was on the part of a few devotees, Srivastakur would hold like private meetings in his house for 
kirtan, would wait in Shantipur, would teach and do some kirtan, and he would teach a devotional understanding of the Gita and so on, but these were not widely attended programs. They were respected, Advaita, for example, in his own right, but you know, there was something wrong with them. <laughs> uh, it was kind of, seems to be the, the uh, how people thought. How could he, you know, have this affinity for this um, um, bhakti, the way that he did, and so on. So, uh, at a certain point, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he uh, left Navadvip for his livelihood, ostensibly, going to East Bengal and Gaia there, to teach. Hmm? You know, he had students of grammar and perhaps rhetoric as well. Um, and um, so to f- further his livelihood, he was married at the time to uh, Lakshmi Priya. And he went to East Bengal. And in, in East Bengal, while he was there, his wife passed away and he met um, Ishwar Puri he had met him earlier in Navadvip, but this time it really struck him. And Ishwarpuri became his guru, and and uh, he saw the footprint of Vishnu uh, there and in, in in Gaia, and uh, and he went into ecstasy. He manifested Satvika Bhavas and so forth, and and uh, this be, then he this is so this is the time he started to manifest his uh, life as a devotee and ultimately as the Yuga avatar, and, and beyond that, of course. The uh, uh, the fact that he was Krishna searching out the experience, the bhava, the prem of Radha. Um, so when he returned to Navadvip, he was a different person to the joy of all the Vaishnavas. In fact, Nimai Pandit was respected by everyone in the Nadia community except for the Vaishnavas. They were the only ones that didn't respect him because they thought, he's so learned, but it's all, it, it, this was their idea. Anyway, you may be very learned, you may be able to trip us up in logic and, uh, and so forth, uh, but you have no bhakti, so it's all a waste of time. Hmm? <laughs> and he would sport with, with these devotees who were his eternal associates before he manifested himself as a, as a devotee. Hmm? Come for them, hmm? never separated from them. Hmm? These type of devotees who had come with him, unbeknownst to them, hmm? by the arrangement of yoga maya for the sake of the, the yuga dharma and, and, and beyond. Hmm? Like uh, Murari, Murari Gupta was a little older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's very good in studies also. <coughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after his class, would debate with him and defeat him. And, and uh, then he would defeat him, what he, how he had de- the arguments with which he had defeated Murari. And Murari Gupta would look at him and be in ecstasy. And why do I feel about this about an ordinary person? Just because he has so much learning and so forth. And uh, so, when he returned from a guy, then he was God intoxicated. And this was then to the joy of all the devotees who thought to themselves, "This Nimai Pandit, we have everybody's very much infatuated by him, but we are not infatuated by him." But if we could make him a devotee, it would be good. <laughs> he's got a lot of good qualities. He's very learned and so forth. If we could get him on our side, he's charismatic. And so we could get somewhere with this spreading of the Yuga Dharma. And so, of course, he came back, got intoxicated, and, and he... 
and he uh, began his nocturnal school of kirtan, really. Technical, technical, <laughs> technical difficulties. <laughs> Stay tuned. So he, anyway, uh, so the Vaishnavas rallied around him, of course, and uh, they were encouraged uh, immensely, and they went between their inner thinking that I've never, we've never seen anybody like this with such devotion. He has such devotion, and they would think, maybe he's Krishna himself. Hmm? He's so extraordinary. No, that can't be. Back and forth like this. And, of course, eventually then he performed the kirtan in the house of Srivas and called them one by one and said, see who I am, see who you are. Murari, you are Ram. Hmm? Or you are, you are Hanuman, I am Ram. Just see. Uh, uh, Shuklambar, you are Sudama, and... I'm Krishna. We are all classmates in my previous Leela. One after another, this is a famous... went for like 24 hours or something, like 22 hours. Mahabhu sat on the altar, Mahaprakash, and this was in a circle. He revealed this. So they were fired up, <laughs> energized, galvanized, enthusiastic, and so forth. But still, the general populace much as they appreciated Chaitanya Mahaprabhu they, for his learning and scholarship, there was also something else about him that made them lament to some extent for Sachi's plight, who, his mother, who had lost her husband, who had lost her, her eldest son, who had taken sannyas from Advaita and left home, and who was left with this wonderful boy. You know, sometimes people are very, very intelligent, but they're a little eccentric too. Hmm? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even in his um, early Leela, before he manifested that as, as a devotee, when we study that description, we see, oh, he, we can see that he's, he's Krishna here, he's a, or he's a devotee of Krishna. He's Krishna addressed, disguised as a devotee. It's coming out here and there. And so some of the things that he, he did and ways that he conducted himself and so <laughs> forth made people think he's a little, you know, he's a little bit of a problem child. Uh, he's, he's like a genius, but gift, gifted, but there are you know problems that go with that. So they felt sorry for Suchi and, and so on. Um, and of course, then, as I say, gradually that he manifested his, uh, his leela of devotion and everybody just didn't take it up like that, just jump right in. They thought, you know, he's a little questionable and, and now he's gone in an entirely different direction and he's got some new religious idea and uh, people were resisting that hmm? and uh, Brahmins, learned people for example, they were uh, tried to defame Shiva Stakur and his for his kirtans and the, the auspices of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so forth, they petitioned, it was the Hindus who actually complained to the Muslim uh, leadership, Chandkazi that they're performing this, this kirtan. Now they're energized by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when they're going outside of the house and, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So the Kazi came and weighed in and broke the drum and told them you can't do this and like in the public and so on and so forth. And so there was some resistance. There were also pious people hmm, who were 
interested in what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing, but there was a fair amount of resistance <coughs> as well. And in the scholarly section, amongst the students, Brahmins, there, um, there was some disregard for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because he did, he acted in their estimation a little crazy. <coughs> The the the, the uh, uh, events that just precipitated his taking sannyas were that he in a, in a in a circle of students again he had it as his uh, livelihood as a teacher he um, he wasn't teaching them properly they thought he thought every word in Sanskrit means Krishna. And uh, they couldn't get that much out of it. And then one day he was chanting, what, gopi, gopi, gopi. So in madness, in, in gopi bhav. So one devotee said, or one student said, what is this? You know, you should chant Krishna, 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 not gopi, gopi, gopi. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was deep in the ecstasy of gopi bhav. And uh, two, two things <coughs> occurred in his estimation. One, externally, the man was committing nam aparad because he said, if you want piety, you should chant Krishna, 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 Krishna nam. So we are taught that to chant the name of Krishna and consider it to be a pious activity is to not understand the full glory of nam prabhu and it uh, is uh, offensive to categorize the chanting of Krishna nam along with other mundane pious activities. So on the one side, he was hearing Nama Parad. On the other side, of course, he was deeply <coughs> absorbed in Gopi Bhav and taking the side of the gopis hmm, in, a, in their you know, love quarrel with Krishna. And so this guy was telling him you should chant Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And he was on the gopi side so <laughs> in the context of the, of the spurti, the leela, and so forth, that he was absorbed in. And so he became angry. We can give for two reasons, and uh, and um, abused that fellow. And so the fellow went and got some friends, and they came back. To, they wanted to beat him, so they, they they didn't understand what he was about. What to speak of the rest of India? Hmm? Even in India, even in Navadweep, the hometown where he was popular very much, uh, but misunderstood with regards to his. Prem Sankirtan, Nam Sankirtan. The rest of India hadn't seen this kind of thing at all. And so he was only 24 years old. So a 24-year-old fellow just goes off and wants to uh, get an audience. Hmm? And who does he want to talk to? He wants to talk to Sarvabhoma, the biggest logician in all of India. He wants to talk to Prakashananda Saraswati, the big Mayavadan in Banaras. Had said, he said he had 60,000 Disciples, uh, the Sri Sampradaya, Venkata Bhatt, who was uh, head head priest for the whole Sri Sampradaya, was a huge people on the Indian religious landscape. Hmm? And so, were they going to just listen to a 24-year-old boy? So, so with uh, that in mind, and the fact that even in Navadvip there was some resistance, he thought, "I will take sannyas because." Sannyas is, is respected hmm? amongst the common people, religious people. It automatically fosters respect if one 
makes that kind of a commitment, wears the dress, and so on and so forth. So if he would travel and as a sannyasi, he would get an audience. Hmm? He would be invited to people's homes. He'd have an opportunity to speak and so forth. Whereas if he was in common dress, white clad, and so forth, just another, just another religious guy. Hmm? Um, so this is kind of the atmosphere, and this was, is said to be the thinking behind his, um, his taking sannyas, which is uh, kind of a social uh, uh, death. And if we want to look further at it, we have to consider that in that year, and he had a, a group of devotees, and they were intoxicated with prem, gore prem. Hmm? They were extremely attached to him. <clears throat> And so he needed a reason to leave Navadweep in terms of his <coughs> Leela as the Yuga Avatar to bring the Dharma outside of the Dham to other places. So what excuse could he have to leave? But if he took sannyas, then he had to go. I mean, who would give him permission or what could, excuse could he come up with to say, I should leave Sachi and Vishnupriya Devi, Lakshmi herself, who was, had become his second wife by the, after Vishnu, uh, Vishnu, Vishnu after Lakshmi Priya passed away by the request, the request of his mother. Of course, these are special people, his own consorts in Krishna in, in Leela, hmm, coming in Gaur Leela. So for what reason, how could he possibly get permission from anybody to leave Sachi, to leave Lakshmi, uh, Vishnu Priya, to leave so many of his associates? There was no... Um, in fact, it was so hard that when he did take sannyas, it practically became impossible nonetheless. They are ready to say, to hell with the sannyas. Who cares about that? Who cares about religion? Hmm? Religious vows and Varnashram and all these strictures, they were blinded by their love for him, ready to forego all of that. He left in the middle of the night and, of course, he went to Katwa, he took sannyas there and then some devotees came, word had gone around and and circulated and they came there and ultimately they brought Sachi there. And then what did he do? He said, Excuse me, Krishna. In a moment of madness, hmm, I've done this. So I'll give it up and return. Hmm? This is Jashoda. Hmm? You know how difficult it is for Krishna just to get out into the pasture every day? (laughs) To herd cows? Into the forest? Every day. Every eternal day in Krishna's Krishna's eternal life. This is a huge drama. Hmm? <laughs> you could make a movie just out of this one part of the Leela. Krishna's leaving, and everybody in Vrindavan, no one wants to leave him leave except his coward friends, and of course, all the devotees, the trees, the deer, the birds, Jamuna, and so forth, who want him to come into the forest, the cows who want to go with him. But the other side, hmm, there's some opposition, and Mother Shoda is leading the opposition. It's very, very difficult. You read it, you can read it over and over again. It's just absolutely, absolutely breathtaking. The measure of her love and, the, and the, the various sentiments pulling in different directions that make up the Brajlila. So just to get out of 
town for eight hours or and go pastoring, which was his dharma and so forth, was extremely difficult. Hmm? What to speak of going to Mathura? Hmm? You can't even practically read the Leela of his leaving for Mathura. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so his going to Mathura or going to Katwa, taking sannyas, this is like analogous to Krishna leaving Vrindavan. Hmm? He's the same Krishna. Navadvip is Gupta Vrindavan, the hidden Vrindavan. There Krishna is a goer and uh, he uh, appears in like ashray, hmm? the shelter of love rather than the object of love. He's made Krishna the object of his love. Hmm? He's in the ecstasy of, of a devotee, hmm? of Radha in particular. So to get out of town for our sake, which is the other side of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, two sides. One is this internal life of, of Krishna trying to experience the love of Radha. The other is the wide dissemination of Namsankirtan, through which that love can come into the hearts of others. Hmm? So he's pulled by these two. He, he had to fulfill his role as the Yuga uh, avatar that Dvaita called him for. Hmm? And so this was... A, a, a good way of doing it. So when he presented, I'll, I give up the sannyas, Sachi was in a dilemma. Now was put back in her lap. She said she could have said, okay, come back to Navadvip, but then hmm, uh, she didn't want that her son, this is all Vatsalya Bhav, you see. On the basis of Vatsalya Bhav, she let him go. Hmm? She didn't want, as his mother, that uh, uh, educated and pious people would think ill of him. So what's done is done. I cannot bear the thought that he's taking sannyas and he leave home, but I cannot, as a mother, but as a mother, I cannot bear the thought that he will be uh, the laughing stock hmm, of others. He took sannyas and he went back to mom. Hmm? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> So she could not bear that. Hmm? So, so on the basis of Rabat Salyabhav, she wanted him to stay. On the basis of Rabat Salyabhav, she let him go. Hmm? And so, but this is anyway a justifiable reason and excuse for him to be able uh, uh, to leave Navadvip. And that, of course, Mayamrigam Daitaipsitamanvadhavadvandevahapurushati such a nice verse from Bhagavat, all about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He gave up the Raj Lakshmi herself. What does it mean? Everybody wants Raj Lakshmi, the, uh, Lakshmi for themselves. Good fortune. Everybody is looking for her. She will come into my life, bless me. I'll become wealthy, prosperous, and so forth. Well, this uh, principal Lakshmi was his his consort. He gave her up, and for what? For us. They said he was cursed by a Brahmin. Who he, who he didn't allow into the kirtan at Shivastakur's house because the Brahmin felt he should be allowed to be in there. 
because he was so pious, he said. <laughs> I'm so pious that I drink only milk. That's my diet. I should be allowed to enter your kirtan. Mahaprabhu said, <laughs> my kirtan, just by drinking milk you cannot get in there. It's something different, <laughs> very special thing. So he cursed him that he wouldn't have a successful family life. So Mahaprabhu honored the Brahmin's curse. The Brahmin's word must come true. <laughs> so this is external. Well, this side, he's giving up Lakshmi and Mayamrigam Mayamrigam Daita On the basis of the curse of the Brahmin, he went to the Adanya. Adanya means forest. It means it's a, it's a, a metaphor for the sannyas, leaving home, leaving the urban civilization and uh, family society and friendship and so forth, and to go alone, hmm? to pursue the self, atma. Hmm? So he did that, but he did that for the sake of others, for the for the all these jivas in Kali Yuga. This is an incredible idea. I mean, the, the sacrifice of this, it, it's mind-boggling if you can understand what is praying. It's like, again, Krishna performing dharma, protecting dharma, almost at the cost of the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. He left there to speak Bhagavad Gita and so on and so forth. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas. It's a parallel, of course, because Gaur is Krishna. So this was his... Um, his method, the method to his madness, taking sannyas, and then he widely distributed, of course, and he showed in that how, if we study the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we see he came out of the house of Srivas where he did private kirtan, took it to the street, took sannyas, went outside of the dham, circulated, distributed his nam dharma everywhere, and then retired in Puri internally to do bhajan, and if we study it carefully, we see he showed, this is Krishna, but this is Krishna as an acharya. So it's Krishna's acharya lila. Acharya teaches, means he, who teaches by example, achar, behavior, character. So he taught, we study his lila carefully, how to live in Navadvipa, how to be like Sachi, like Murari Gupta, like Gadadhar Pandit, like Srivas Suklambar. Sridham, Sridhar, all these devotees, to, to, uh, to open the circle of, 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 of Navadvipa, which is Vrindavan, and make it available to everyone. It's a huge uh, idea. And the sannyas is so, sannyas is very painful to the inhabitants of Navadvipa, it's very dear to us. And we should then embrace the pain of sannyas in spirit that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exemplified and taught the pain of making a sacrifice coming out of the small sense of, of of my world and uh, you know think not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country uh, in, in you know Magnified million and eight idea. Parupakar, Bhartbhumite Hoyla Manusha Janma. 
Jadanmasrata Karikar Upakar. The whole idea of Mahaprabhu going out beyond Navadweep means this idea is being extended. He's giving a blessing, and with the blessing there comes some gratitude that's to be shown. So his sannyas lila, there is a pain for the inhabitants of Vrindavan. There's a pain for if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if Krishna has any pain, this is the pain. What did Rai Ramananda say? What is the most painful thing in the world? Separation from the devotee. Hmm? The separation of the inhabitants of Vrindavan for Krishna, of the inhabitants of Navadvip for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's two-sided. Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're feeling also. They were willing, they cooperated for this. He told Vishnu Priya, in this Leela we have to cry. Hmm? The night of his sannyas. She knew he's taking sannyas. There was a rumor around town. Hmm? So she was quiet. He said, why are you quiet, Devi? Say something. She had nothing to say. And so, of course, he knew her mind. He spoke a little. He told her, Devi, in this Leela, we have to cry. Hmm? In terms of the Yuga Dharma, we're here to cry for others. So you have to accept some pain. I have to accept some pain. But we are not willing to accept any pain. Hmm? Having been given such a such a, such a such a blessing, such an opportunity, we cannot even f- begin to fathom what is the pain of that separation. Yes, it's blissful also, but it's painful. <laughs> it really truly is pain. They really do feel pain of separation, and it 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 it, it increases their bhava, their ecstasy, and so forth. But hmm? it was difficult for Krishna. To leave Vrindavan. Difficult to, for the inhabitants to let him go. Hmm? Mother Yashoda, again, how could she let him go? Only on the promise of Nanda that I'll bring him right back. And of course, he didn't come back right away. What was Nanda's plight? He had to come back and say, I couldn't bring him back. I got bamboozled by the city people. <laughs> they fast talked to me. Vasudev and Devaki said, Your son needs an education. He should be initiated by a guru. Hmm? What could I say? Hmm. And of course, then the Matura Leela of Krishna starts, and the Dwarka Leela and so forth. And Jiva Goswami gives us some idea of what that separation, what that pain of the inhabitants of Vrindavan is like, the same as the pain of the inhabitants of Nabhadweep when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes to Puri. Hmm? Krishna is sending messages all the time, and messengers. Hmm? At one point, Jiva Goswami says, Nanda Maharaj had messengers lined up so that every day there'd be a different messenger. <laughs> These two messengers came, what's happening in Dwarka? They went, another two showed up the next morning, what's happening in Dwarka? This is their preoccupied, how preoccupied they were with, uh, with, with Krishna. Absolutely preoccupied. The inhabitants of Navadvipa would come for Rathiatra for four months every day. They would live for that. So, point is, anyway, as I say, they underwent some pain for us. Mahaprabhu's sannyas is painful. Nityananda said, what is this? What is this? He's carrying a danda. Danda means punishment. Hmm? It's to punish oneself. To punish one's mind. To punish one's uh, uh, speech and uh, uh, actions. You know, bad things need to be punished. Our mind is uh, wild. Hmm? It needs to be punished. Hmm? Needs to be chastised. Our speech, and so forth. We should speak about things that will be 
uh, we call our spiritual progress. Think about things that we'll call our spiritual progress. Act in ways that we'll call our spiritual progress. This is called anukul. And what is called pratikul? Pratikul means giving up the things that aren't, the thoughts that aren't favorable, the speech that's not favorable, the actions that are not favorable. This is our renunciation. Hmm? We should embrace that kind of pain and think what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what pain he has embraced. As a sannyasi, he was carrying the danda, heading for the for Puri. Uh, Sachi had reasoned that, well, don't go to Vrindavan, that's far away. Go to Puri, that's also a holy place. And that we'll hear news of you from there and so forth. And so he agreed. He went to Puri. Hmm? And on the way, Nityananda Prabhu took his danda and broke it in three places and threw it. Hmm? That, this is Krishna, he's carrying a danda? What is this? Mahaprabhu was angry with him externally, but internally he could appreciate. So the point is that he, he here is the, the supreme enjoyer. I mean, it's a, it's it's like mind-boggling. It's the supreme enjoyer. Krishna is depicted as the playboy, practically. Lakshmi Sahasra Satasambhamasevimano. This is Vrindavan. Lakshmi Sahasra. What does it mean? Means Lakshmi such thousands of Lakshmis. Narayana Vaikuntha has one Lakshmi. <laughs> one Lakshmi. Everybody wants her blessing. Hmm? One Lakshmi is enough to make Vaikuntha what it is. So opulent. Just hmm? palaces made of jewels. You know, if you get a jewel to wear on your finger or on your neck or on your ear, you're, you know, you're. You're doing good. They're making doors out of jewels. <laughs> Columns out of coral and diamonds and so forth. So it's depicted. It means all wealth is there. Hmm? All wealth is there. Of course, the more you don't want anything, the more wealthy you become. So in the book, they, couldn't, they don't want much. They want something. But they don't want much. Hmm? They, they, in other words, they want. It means they have some self of sense. They're serving Narayan with some, because he should be done, because it's the right thing to do. I should do the right thing. Hmm? This is some sense of, of want, if you will, on a scale of spiritual selflessness. Vaikuntha is not the high point. That is the brudge, the high point. There they have no sense of self. They'll, you can do whatever you want. Hmm? Gopi story. Yes, put Nardi told Nard. Krishna has a headache, Nard, put the dust. He wants the dust from your feet. Take it. Nara said, well, don't you know what will happen if you give the dust from your feet and put it on Krishna? said, yeah, we'll go to hell. That's, a, that's offensive. We know that. But if it will relieve his headache, we'll go there. Mm-hmm. And so many extremes, of course, the Parakya exemplifies this. They crossed over all the Vedic barriers and what, what, how people would look at them and so forth. They didn't think about it. They just went. Mm-hmm. So, Vrindavan, there's no want. Amikichu China, Amikichu China, and it has wealth. Hmm? Greater than Vaikuntha. There's a beautiful debate, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that Mahaprabhu orchestrated between Srivas as Maru Mangal hmm? and, uh, and, uh, and uh, what is his name? Uh, Swarup, Amadar Swarup, hmm? Lalita. Of course, Madhu Mangal is, uh, Nard is an incarnation of Madhu Mangal. It's not the other way around. 
Krishna has eternal associates, and of course, when he from Vrindavan, when he extends his lila to Mathura or Dwarka, these people actually they do go with him and in other forms. So, Narada is Shivas is said to be an incarnation of Narada, but if we look deeper, we see Madhu Mangal there. Anyway, they had a debate. And Mahaprabhu said, who is Lakshmi? is so powerful. She's got so much opulence. And Damdara Swarup, you're interested in Vrindavan. It's just a place of gopi cow ladies and milk ladies and, and so forth. And uh, just see how opulent Lakshmi is. And so they debated with one another. Of course, uh, Shivas took the position of Nard, debating in favor of Vaikuntha and, and its wealth. And, and uh, Swarup Damodar in favor of Vrindavan and its wealth. And he... He won there. Hmm? And there, and this is the answer. Lakshmi Sahasra Sata Sivimano. Not only are there thousands of Lakshmis there, not just one, thousands of Lakshmis. The one Lakshmi of Vaikuntha is just a partial expansion of Radha. And all the expansions of Radha to serve Krishna in the Braj, they all make Lakshmi looked like a beggar. In fact, Lakshmi came to Vrindavan to beg, to try to enter the Rasalila, to have the experience of those those Lakshmis. Hmm? And she was unsuccessful. Hmm? There's a way to get there. Of course, she couldn't she couldn't take that path because she's Lakshmi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lakshmi Sahasra Satasamasivimanam. So such a wealthy place. Hmm? This Vrindavan. So, uh, what, what are the riches? And the riches have come to us from there. Voloker premodhan, harinam sankirtan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was bringing that dhan, the wealth of Goloka, the prem of Goloka, through nam sankirtan, distributing that. So, so anyway, we should, we should. Uh, what was the point? We should take some pain for that. Huh? Um. Kind of a follow-up. Yeah. Sometimes you hear devotees express the idea that since Mahaprabhu's main idea for taking main reason for taking sannyas was to get respect for preaching, maybe instead of taking sannyas nowadays, people should get PhDs. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me there's a dimension missing there. Uh-huh. And that is the example of, um, as Srila Prabhupada sometimes said at sannyas initiation, sannyas means the only business is taking shelter of Krishna. And right. So there's that example there. Uh huh. Yeah, I've heard that before. The idea being that if you have a PhD, then people will listen to you, and there's certainly some truth to that. You'll get an audience and so forth. But you'll you'll also have to talk in a particular way, as well, to maintain your objective status as a doctor. You cannot get too emotional, like me, in a talk, <laughs> and you can't be too compelling. <laughs> Otherwise, then you, your status as a doctor, an objective uh, you know, teacher of the <laughs> of the course or whatever, will, will, will come into question. Hmm? Of course, it's fashionable these days to give the religious perspective as well, hmm? so that it's balanced. And so, but you're kind of hemmed in a little bit by that. So, I don't know if that really uh, works entirely. And of course, then there's the reasons that you're bring up. I, I uh, of course, barely got out of high school, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, 
and as I said, Rupa Goswami said, this Shastra Yukti, to be able to, as I mentioned this earlier today or yesterday, that is, uh, to be able to reason about Scripture, this, he says, involves taste. Hmm? This involves taste, not just learning the Scripture. So, by academic standards, we can learn the Scripture and we can have some credibility in the society, in the academic circles, and in amongst the, the people who respect academia and so forth, which is considerable. I mean, if they want an article on something, the newspapers go to the scholar, you know. Tell us about, you know, you're a scholar on earthquakes, so, you know, tell us about what's happening in the nuclear factory. They go to some guy who's got his degree. Um, so there's a you know, point well taken by, the, by those who make that uh, point. But I, I do think, as you're questioning and kind of uh, sensing there's there's something more to the idea of sannyas, and it should be such who who is a sannyasi that they ha- they have taste for that. That means they read the book with, in such a way that they with feeling that they can get something from that, and then and and reason about it from a heart kind of space, from a taste position of tasting, and they can then should be able to speak. With with the learning and feeling, so there may be a learning side to that, but lacking the feeling, then um, uh, and and what's more important, I think that you, however learned I might be from an academic point of view, I, this is how I learned it. I learned it in this way. So that I might. Uh, some people say he has he's a Vaishnav scholar, you know. So. Um, uh, it's, it's possible to learn this way. In fact, the man who said that said, Triparari Marsh? He's translated the Bible. I know the devotee. Translated Bhagavad Gita. Does he know Sanskrit? I didn't know that he knew, knew Sanskrit. He had a PhD in Sanskrit. Of course, I don't have a PhD in Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like casting a, a doubt, a shadow of doubt on that. But um, I've read his Gita too. <clears throat> And uh, so there, there, <laughs> there are. Um, there, there's more to it than uh, linguistics and academic understanding and so forth. And uh, so I think that the Sannyas order. I, while I do acknowledge that there's something to be said for what uh, devotees like that say, and I, I think it's it has some some truth. I think there is uh, there is more to it. Hmm? If we can learn really what is Krishna Bhakti, then we'll be able to make a, a compelling kind of presentation, which is what a sannyasi is supposed to do, that can change the hearts of others, not just interest their intellect. And I don't mean to say that devotees who have PhDs can't do that. They, they, it's fair enough to get a PhD and do that. That's not a bad thing. Hmm? Um, but to say that the PhD replaces the Dunda, I don't think that that's entirely accurate. Does that help? Yeah, because I was thinking what's missing is that Atma, Samarpana, that element of... Self-resignation and... Yes. Like Mahaprabhu wandering for three days after his sannyasa. Yes. And Mahaprabhu himself taught principally by example, not by precept. His precept is limited in what he taught, hmm? by his example he taught. Mm-hmm. So, you can get a PhD but not have 
the best example necessarily. But sannyasis, they should be a little learned, in a, especially in today's world. They should know what other um, theologies are out there, or thoughts and and so forth, with regard to the, the opposition, if you will, to what they're commissioned to to present. It's not a, it's not an affair for speaking to the choir, although that's also there, but. We want to, how would you call it, speaking to the choir, it's not exactly that. It's you know, speaking to your own group, but you want to take your group to the next level as well. So, what else? Another question? Yes, Brahma. So why don't we worship Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi? Okay. Well, I asked that Prabhupada that question. So I'll tell you what he told me. A godbrother of mine, another sannyasi, he had little deities of Gornitai, and he, I saw one day he dressed them like sannyasis, with little dundas and little platinum mardungas they had. He was, yeah, platinum mardungas. And I thought, that's different. They were very little deities. And uh, in those days, uh, nobody had their own deities. We all had just, you know, the deities that Prabhupada established in the temple. There's only a few of us. Jumuna had deities that I think it was from a temple in Japan that had to close for some reason and then was given to Jamuna. She kept those deities. She still worships them today up in British Columbia. And um, so the Sannyasi Guru Kripa Maharaj, he had these little Gornatai deities. I don't know the story behind that, how he got them, but Prabhupada had sanctioned that. And um, I wrote to Prabhupada. I was traveling different places and I liked to worship the deity, but in those days there was a line. <laughs> in every temple to worship the deity, a lineup, you know. So if you were traveling, you couldn't get on the schedule that easily. And I would be three days here, three days there, and so the opportunity to do deity worship was was limited. And each temple had different little little bit different maybe procedures and so forth uh, and so on. So so I wrote to Prabhupada about getting a deity so he said, yes, you get a little deity of Gornatai and keep them in a chest. And then wherever you go, you open in the morning and worship them and then close it and then go out and preach and next morning, same thing and so forth. So so I got these Gornatai deities and this Gurkriprash had these deities and he was very uh, competitive, so on every level, charming fellow in many respects, a, a very, um, you know, had a very down-to-earthness about him, and uh, he had a, a taste for chanting and so forth. Anyway, he was uh, he was also competitive, so I I have some competitiveness too, but it's, it was a little different. But uh, at any rate, he liked to he, he had raised a lot of money, and he was raising money for problems, so he would keep some and buy jewels and. Like I said, platinum or dungas he had for his little deities and so forth. So, anyway, uh, he ha- I had seen that, and so I asked Prabhupada one day. I said that Krishnamurti you know, he dressed his deities like uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like a sannyasi, and Nityananda Prabhu. And so I was wondering about that. So I had my deities. I'd never seen anybody do that, and I didn't know at the time how to think about that. So Prabhupada said, "Oh, we don't like that." <laughs> he said, "We the devotees do not like to think about." Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a sannyasi. It's the same point I was making. Mother Yashoda, Mother Sachi does not like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. What can she do? Hmm? 
she couldn't have him disgraced in the society. That would that would be painful to her parental heart. So she went along with what was done was done. But she doesn't like to think of him as a sannyasi and, and sleeping on the floor and um, hardships that will come with that and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's painful to the devotees. Now it's I said it's it's encouraging to us. Chaitanya Daya always used to tell me, I really like the sannyas leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and I try to tell her, yes, but the Navadvip leela, it's, it's all pointing back to Navadvip, that's where you want to go. Hmm? Where you can see, you see the sannyas is, is vairagya, so it's an opulence. So it creates some distance also. You can't get that close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's a sannyasi, he's got the stick and, and he's showing ecstasies that, that are extraordinary and you have to step back. In Navadvip, he, he, everyone loves him, all like friend and 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 master. He'll go to Kirtan with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and we'll sing all night and and so forth. There's intimacy. There's no Aishwarya there. Hmm? So from that point of view, the inhabitants of Vrindavan they don't or Navadvi, they don't like the sannyas. That's why Nityananda broke the dandana. So Prabhupada said, no, we we don't like to think of him as a sannyasi. So he immediately took this side, like a Navadvip Basi, his mind immediately went there. We don't like to think of him as a sannyasi. And here Prabhupada is a sannyasi and giving sannyasi, <laughs> teaching people. So when I brought it up, that's what he said. No, we don't like to think like that. That is why he said Nityanandapur broke the danda. He went on like that. And so so we we, we, we tend then to dress Nityanandapur, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like, um, like um, with fine cloth and, and, and so forth. Like a householder in fine cloth and Navadweep and analysis and that's where we want to go. But of course, from our point of view as sadhakas, then we we have to take the sannyas lila into consideration. It's endearing to us. So many lessons are taught there. That's where he taught Rupa Rup, as a sannyasi. He taught Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami. They were sannyasis. Hmm? Um, all of his preaching exploits and so forth as a sannyasi that is very encouraging. So much to learn from them. But the main thing, and when it's all said and done that we're to learn from that, is that we don't like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. <laughs> we, we, have to, we want to think of him as Nimai Pandit. There we can be clo- you can be closer to him, but you won't get closer to him without embracing his sannyaslila and having affinity for that. Hmm? Because in his sannyaslila, all the teaching is there, all the siddhanta, and you will not get the bhava, for the most part, without going through the tattva, unless you went through the tattva in your last life. Hmm? Then you won't be interested. Or unless you got some special blessing from Krishna and you just got bhava. That's possible. But the general course is, understand the tattva hmm, properly. That will give you the impetus then to give everything to Krishna because you understood who he is, the acme of, of theistic uh, perfection. Hmm? So I should give everything here, nowhere else. Hmm? This is not a sectarian idea because if I give everything here, everywhere else will be served. Narayan will be pleased. Rama will be pleased. Shiva will be pleased. Everyone will be pleased. So by understanding that point, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam and Gaur is Krishna, then as Krishna says in Gita, what? He says that Aham Sarvasya Prabhava Matasarvam Prabhartate Iti Mat Bhabhajante Ma Buddha Bhava Samanditaha I'm the source of everything. Aham sarvasya prabhava. Matasarvam prabhartha. Everything comes from me. Those who know this, hmm, 
Buddha Bhava Samambita, Raga Samambita, they worship me in such a way. Hmm? That and this is he's talking about Rag Bhakti here. This is the Chatu Shloka Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? So point is that first in this life understand some tattva and serve like anything, not just a book learning. If you understood the book, then you have to get up and do something. This is the essence of the book. And we've understood that tattva. So, and it's taught well by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all the cementas, the roops and out and so forth, the cementas, and we take them there as it's found in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the teachings, the roop and so on, we go to their books and so forth, their commentaries on Bhagavatam, then you become cemented in seva and, and humbled, to, of course, by their knowledge. We may try to capture all that knowledge ourselves, and you find at a certain point, huh, Bhakti Gambir, Giri Maharaj told me, oh, I have the 80 books. I've read every one 80 times. I don't do that anymore. I'm just living in Vrindavan. So, so at some point, uh, we get it. In other words, of course, if you're teaching, then nothing. But So, Sanyasli is important to us, and this is the, ultimately the message we must learn that we can get closer to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he's not a sannyasi. And that's the whole idea, right? You like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like a sannyasi. I want to get close to him. He's, he's the hero. Nasi Kulanayaka. Nasi Kulanayaka. You know what it says. Grihijana Shikshaka, Nasi Kulanayaka. He's the hero of the sannyasis, and he also showed the exemplary life as a as a grihasta. So we'll hear it first. We we'll think, yeah, I don't want to be a grihasta. I'll be a sannyasi, in spirit at least. Uh, give everything, nyasi kulanayaka. But actually, <laughs> we're encouraged by that. But the grihidana shikshaka, he, t- he taught the perfect example of the household. That's more important. <laughs> the household leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's more endearing. You get closer to him there. Because householders are ordinary. <laughs> They're ordinary people. They do, you know, just like animals. Eat, sleep, mate, defend. <laughs> Sanyasis, they give all that up. Srinivas says about the Goswamis. They give up eating, they give up sleeping, mating, defending. They're different. They're weird, you know. They're, they're, they're not. So, the idea. This is Gaudi Vaishnavas are like this. It's, it means a, how to be ordinary. Krishna's become ordinary. God's become ordinary. You come close to us. The gopis pray that We don't have the knowledge of these gyanis to sit and think about all these meanings of these sutras and. Uh, aphorisms of the Upanishads, and you know, we, we don't have any education at all, for God's sake. You know, we know how to make sandesh, <laughs> burfi, you know, raskul, dahi, and so forth. That we know, but I mean, well, what can we do? The Gyanmark and Yoga, that the, the yogis, you know, they have that the knowledge which is power. Hmm? So, like Vishnu knows everything, they know everything about their body. You see them, they can sit there and. 
make the stomach go and flips and put the put their tongue up inside their head. And, you know, they got complete control. Knowledge means like control, like Vishnu is controlling everything. He's their ideal, right? Hmm? Paramatma. Hmm? So a powerful soul. Now, so now they said we don't have any power like that to twist ourselves in so many positions, and you know we're not like that. Hmm? Or like the, these big guys who do big sacrifice and throw all this ghee into this and money and make the in the karma mark. We can't do that. We are just ordinary people in samsara. That's where we are. We're here in samsara. And we're staying here, and we know it. And we want you to come here. That's what they tell Krishna. These other people are all trying to go up to you. Hmm? They're trying to go up to you. And they've got their methods. And they're sophisticated. Sophisticated discrimination, sophisticated fine-tuning of the subtle energies and so forth. This is a, this is a very, very sophisticated method for for controlling the mind and controlling the senses and so forth. Hmm? The karmis, they're you know, well-reasoned. If I put this much in, I'm going to get this much back. Hmm? They're calculating very wisely. These are all methods for approaching Krishna in some way, kind of ascending there, trying to... They said, we, we, are into, we, are into, we want you to descend here. This is bhakti. Hmm? You come here. Hmm? That's what they're saying, Hare Krishna. You come here. Hmm? Hmm? We only love him, that's all. That we don't, we don't have any, any sangskara for jnana, for yoga, for karma. We're in sangsara. We're ordinary people, and we want you on our terms. They actually, they're far beyond all these jnanis, yogis, and karmis, and that's why Krishna comes. Hmm? Because they, they say, we, we just want to love you, that's all. That's all we want. Hmm? We want you to love you just like we would love our, our husband. Hmm? How's that? Hmm? He says, that's different. <laughs> but, you know, if I look carefully, all these karmis, ganis, and yogis, they all want something from me. They want me, but they want me to give them something. You guys only want me. That's appealing. It's audacious, but I'll come there. Hmm? Of course, and then there, it looks like samsara. But it's not. They want him to come down. They're calling him. That is Rathiyatra. They're pulling him down. Big Lord of the universe, Jagannath, throwing him down off the throne, dragging him through the streets, taking him back to Vrindavan with their hearts. Those ropes of the hearts of the Gobi, they're drawing him. You've got to come back. We're not leaving Vrindavan. You have to come there. You come to us. We don't have the power to go there. All these other people have some power. Hmm? Like I told the story, that one fellow I was speaking to, he had these long dreadlocks, and I was preaching to him, and so I was convincing him about bhakti. And he said, the thing is, I don't think I can join. I said, why not? He said, because I'd have to cut my hair. I said, so what's so much about that? He said, all my power is in my hair. I said, you see, you missed a point here. What we're teaching is not how to get power, but how to acknowledge the one who's actually powerful. Hmm? So, that's real power. Hmm? So, you can keep your hair if you want. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> How much power you've got in your hair? There was a yogi in Jagannath Puri who had lots of power, mystic power. He could make fire come out of his hand, whew, like this. 
and people thought he was Vishnu. Hmm? And he had a friend he called Brahman, another one he called Shiva. <laughs> and it's a true story. And, um, and people were very much intimidated hmm, by him. And he told the ladies in the area they should come and have romance with him, leave their husbands, I'm Vishnu. Hmm? And husbands were thinking, God, it's Vishnu, I've got to send my wife there. You know, I read it in the, in the Bhagavad, it says like that. And they were sending their wives. And Bhakti Vinod Thakur, who was a real devotee, he said, this is nonsense. Hmm? And they said, Kedarnath, he makes fire come out of his hand. This is Vishnu. Hmm? But Bhakti Vinod was, was wiser. He knew the scripture. He knew Vishnu's not coming in Kali Yuga like this. He came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He was in a fire. His fire was sannyas. Hmm? He wanted us to enter into that fire. Hmm? not to imitate Krishna, so he went there. And the man made fire. And people said, you know, he brought. He was a magistrate, so he wanted to go and arrest the man for being a Vishnu imposter. Only in India can you get arrested for that. <laughs> so up he went, and he had some assistance, and they said, turn back, turn back, it's Vishnu. Fire, and so forth, and... No, he, 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 and some of the, some of them left, and so but he proceeded on, pushed on. They grabbed him, they arrested him, they dragged him into jail, and then he held a court. The court went on for seven days, and all of Bhaktivinoda's family members became sick with a fever. Hmm? One after another, stricken with a fever, like malaria or something like that, life-threatening. One after, and then Bhaktivinoda got the fever also. He dragged himself to the court of the final day to say, guilty, as charged. Send him in the jail, cut off his hair. Because in the jail they cut off your hair because you might hang yourself with it. They cut off his hair and all he became alive. All his power left. He evaporated. <laughs> he eventually did kill himself in the jail. So... I don't think this part of what I was talking had that much power in his hair, but point is, anyway, bhakti is not about getting power. It's about becoming friends with the all-powerful. Mm-hmm. What kind of powerful position you'll have then. Mm-hmm. So did I answer the question? What was your question? About, yes, so, anyway, so... To follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas lila, so that we end up in Navadvipa. We have to like his sannyas lila to the point where we, we cross over and we don't like it anymore. Just like you have to learn that Krishna is the supreme personality of God, so that you can forget it in due course, in ecstasy, and think he's my friend, he's my son, he's my lover. Was the time now? Six. Six. Okay. Has the offering been made? Any other question? A couple minutes? Yes. Gauri Jai, after whom this t- beautiful temple is named, or he's named after the temple. <laughs> Gauri Jai Das. Yes. In, in the morning, you mentioned about yoga and Krishna Macharya. So I had read about him. He was saying that how yoga. Is 
Similarly, he said that devotees like uh, Dhruva and Kudava uh, or Narada, when they, like in earlier times they were described, everybody was kind of familiar with yoga. They didn't yoga. have that goal as the goal of the yogis, but they employed yoga techniques. To actually chant better, or like mm-hmm. uh, And there is mixed yoga and bhakti mentioned in Gita, hmm? in 8th chapter, it's mentioned there, 6th chapter to some extent too. I think that we should uh, encourage people who are adept in yoga to practice bhakti and that some of the yoga techniques can be employed in the execution of bhakti, like for doing japa. Hmm? I think in Hari Bhakti Vilas it recommends pranayama before japa and so forth. Um, we look at it like, you know, take bath before chanting, that kind of thing. Not that in and of itself it has bhakti. It's not an anga of bhakti. Hmm? But there are other things that we may do, like taking bath is not necessarily an anga of bhakti, but we do that. Hmm? So to look at it something like that. Um, bhakti is a kind of a yoga, in, in a sense, also. Um, but the, the main thing that we want to differentiate with is, 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 it, is it we understand bhakti as a descending path rather than as an ascending path. Hmm? So without, without grace, without, there's, no, there's no possibility. All right, that's a short answer because we were just out of time, right? Okay. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Goranga Abhibhama Mutvatiti ki jai. Gorpunim ki jai. Kaurnatananda ki jai. Gorbhaktabrinda ki jai. Go pray manandi.